Thanks to Buffy for supporting The Secret Room. For $20 off your Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter promo code SECRET. Ready? Ready. Do you have a secret? Uh, I do. So this one time I ran out of dog food, but I wasn't too worried about it because I knew I had an Amazon package of a huge bag of dog food coming uh, later that evening. Got home, going about my evening, when suddenly it's 8 p.m. and the time my Amazon package is supposed to have arrived by and my dog food is not there and my dog is very hungry and being the lazy person that i am i didn't want to drive all the way the five minutes to cvs or the grocery store to get dog food so i grub hubbed him a hamburger was this like a mcdonald's hamburger or was it a cheeseburger what was this this was at least a seven dollar hamburger but he liked it so you know <laughs> what a spoiled lucky dog <laughs> too spoiled <laughs> adult language. Hi, my name is Joey, and my secret is that I have a sexual orientation that a lot of people have never heard of. And when they find out, they think I'm either insane or a pervert. It's made parts of my life hard, but I am who I am. Joey joins us from the eastern United States. Westminster, Maryland. With a secret about a sexual orientation that isn't widely known. Do you guys sleep together? Uh, we do. Share the same bed? Yes and no. And one that could be difficult to understand. And so this is a secret you've held for a long time. Yes. May I ask how old you are? I am 29. 29, so... I guess technically now 29 and a half. Okay. When Joey's family found out, it wasn't easy. My sister-in-law, I heard her talking to my mom, saying how... I'm mentally ill, and this is caused by trauma, and it can lead to negative consequences. And we'll find out what consequences Joey's experienced just ahead, because Joey's here now to tell a secret guarded since fourth grade. I want people to realize that there are others like them with this orientation. Wow. And that they're not alone. Right. You're listening to The Secret Room, a podcast about the stories no one ever tells. I'm Ben Ham. Okay. All right. I think we are ready to go. Wonderful. Okay, good. Yep. Hi, Joey. Welcome to The Secret Room. Thank you, Ben. Good to be here. I think you're going to open up a whole new world for a whole lot of people on this show. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'd like to just dive right into it. What... What is your sexual orientation? I am objectum sexual. And that can be referred to as OS. OS, yes. Can you define it for us? Objectum sexual is where you form sexual and or romantic attractions to objects. For instance, there's a woman who married the Berlin Wall. There are a couple people who have married the Berlin Wall. One woman married the Eiffel Tower. I know people who were in relationships with uh, construction equipment. Wow. It's becoming slightly more well-known, but it's not really out in the open yet. You know, when I got your secret, I was really amazed by it. Uh, You know, I was just, you know, just overcome with thinking about the world, 
you know, that you're in and, and how you, you probably have to, you know, deal with this and society and the way that society probably gives you a hard time, doesn't make it easy for, for people with your outlook on life and, and what that meant to you. And I wanted to talk to you so badly. You know, I looked around on the internet, of course, uh, in preparation, of course. <laughs> in preparation for the interview. And I, it seems to me like this sexual orientation has really only gained more attention in the sciences in the early 2000s, as far as I can tell. Sounds about right. I see that some people have called it a paraphilia, which is a sexual disorder, but I think the scientific community has kind of settled on it really being a legitimate sexual orientation. Yes, they are. Right. And it seems that many people who are classified as OS, objectum sexuals, have autism spectrum disorders. They do. Does that sound right to you? Yes. I have Asperger's. You do? Okay. Interesting. So an OS can have strong feelings of attraction or love to inanimate objects like bridges or buildings, like you described, right? Yes. Can you also have feelings of commitment? Yes, very much so. You can. Also, in my research, (laughs) I found that, that some OS individuals believe that objects can have like souls or intelligence and feelings and... Like an animist belief. Yes. Do you fall into that category? Do you believe that? To an extent, there's a great paranormal history in my family. Tell me about that. Well, a lot of my family are sensitive to things. I have had prophetic dreams in the past. Okay. And we live on a ground that we say is between worlds. So we have a lot of things happen. A lot of us get in arguments with inanimate objects. Can you give me an example, like... Of, a, you know, an argument that got started with an inanimate object? Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, there have been a, a few to choose from. The one that came up was my sister and I were in my family room taking care of some kittens we had adopted. And my mom was trying to get on the Golden Girls on the satellite. She pressed the wrong button and almost accidentally ordered pay-per-view porn. Uh-oh. And she started swearing at the remote like it was a person. Right. You stupid piece of shit. It was actually amusing to watch her get confused. But yeah, we do things like that. My sister will yell at objects that fall when she doesn't need them to. And the other notable thing is we don't experience the uncanny valley. What's that? You remember those motion capture movies that were out of years ago? Disney did a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The reason they didn't do so well was because the Uncanny Valley. People could tell it was a fake thing, but it looked so realistic it made them uncomfortable. Like Avatar. To an extent, yes. Avatar is a little better on it. I'm thinking more along the lines of Mars Needs Moms, Polar Express. Okay. Tintin. Sure. Those would be my examples. We don't experience that. We just see a thing. Or if it's moving, we see a person, a character or whatever. Hmm. You don't see the animation part of it. We don't get creeped out. Huh. Interesting. Can you tell it's animation or does it look... Yes, we can tell. You can. Yeah. How long have you been aware of your sexual orientation? Looking back on it, my first relationship was when I was 10 years old. I'd like to explore your journey. Uh, My school had a little activity day in gym where we go around different stations, do different activities. It was close to Halloween, so it was called the Bat Cave. What it was, was the stage was in the gym. This was a really cheap school. (laughs) So they set up a maze 
on the stage that you went through on one of those yellow scooter boards and you maneuver your way through and there's very little light and I was hesitant to go through at first. I was easily scared as a kid. And so I finally went through and I saw this beautiful spider lamp. It's like one of those shapes made out of pieces of glass. And something about it attracted me to it. And I didn't really have any sexual inclinations at that point because, like, I was 10. Right. So I wanted to be its friend. And the next time I went through, I went in and started having a conversation with it. What did you guys talk about? I don't remember, honestly. But the teacher found out and took out the lamp. Did the lamp reciprocate to you? That I don't remember either. How did the teacher find out about your relationship with the lamp? I was in there for a long time. And the teacher came looking for you? Yes. And what did the teacher find? Um, just me talking to the lamp. Hmm. Sitting on my scooter board. Your teacher didn't like that too much. No, no. I guess. Nah, it was P.E., so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and so, you know, what What were your feelings when the, when the lamp was taken away from you? I was disheartened. I was sad. I was like, here's something I really like, and it's gone. You know? Yeah. And you had, you had real feelings of friendship for the lamp. Yes. Did, did, did you ever see the lamp again? No, I didn't. As far as I know, it's still in the storage room at that elementary school. Did the PE teacher talk to your parents about this? No. Yeah. Can you tell me about other loves you've had? Yes. Ninth grade, about, Mm -hmm. I went to a party store and I saw a Halloween prop. It was called Donna the Dead. (laughs) Donna of the Dead, something like that. Okay. Yeah, really bad pun. Right. (laughs) And... I was attracted to it for some reason, and I I had enough to get it, but I couldn't decide because, you know, I'd have to carry it. But I spent an hour just sitting beside it until my parents showed up. And I never bought the animatronic, and I didn't get her, but, you know. Did you feel like that was an opportunity missed? For a while, yes. But I came to grips with it. You still remember it vividly. Yes. Like, there were several different styles. There was a short... There was... The one I was looking at was my height. There was a candy bowl holder one. One that was just a head that you, like, hung on a window. And I leaned towards the one that was more my size. You felt an affinity for that one. Yes. And so, as you're growing up, do you have other other loves with inanimate objects? Yes. Um, one of mine was the truck that portrayed Optimus Prime in the Michael Bay version of Transformers. Okay, very specific. I just felt drawn towards it. I thought it was the most beautiful truck I'd ever seen. Whenever I'd be in the car, I would look at other trucks and say how they're not as, well, pretty as Optimus. I was like, oh, this feature's wrong. (laughs) That's led me to find out the model. Right. Of the truck, which was a... 
modified Peterbilt with an extended sleeping cab. Very good. And that that's Optimus Prime's model? Yes. In the movie. In the movie. I see. Not, not, not the new one. Okay. Because I think they changed it to more of the, the TV one. Right. You know, was that love or is that more like a crush? Like, you know, people have crushes on celebrities. That one was probably a crush. Yeah. A lot of people who are in OS relationships, instead of getting their love, that's the term for it, instead of like boyfriend or girlfriend, mm-hmm. instead of getting that specific thing, they'll get a replica, a small model and use that. I see. So, for example, if you were in love with a famous landmark, like the Eiffel Tower, you you could have a miniature of the Eiffel Tower in your house. Yes. Yes, I have a friend who does that. I see. And would then the OS be in love with the model or or just treat that as like, you know, representation of the true love? Representation, definitely. Okay. Do you feel you have to keep these relationships private? I... I um, actually came out to my family. Right. And with my relationship with my current love, Robotroll. And so how did you meet Robotroll? There was a toy line in the 90s called Battle Trolls. And they were trolls aimed at boys. And Battle Trolls had things like uh, military characters and Vikings and monsters. And Robotroll is obviously a robot. I had a bunch of them when I was a kid, but not Robotroll. When I was older and had money, I actually went online to see which battle trolls I didn't have. And I listed one called Robotroll, looked up a picture, and it was just like that. Just fell in love. Yes. Love at first sight. Yes. Could you describe what Robotroll looks like? Hey, Susie, what's your secret? Okay, so my secret is I made my husband sleep in another room for two days. What? (laughs) Just so I could enjoy my Buffy comforter all to myself. Oh, my God. Poor guy. He was sick, though. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) You you own a Buffy. Can you tell us what it is? Yeah, it's a really comfortable comforter, and they're made from sustainable materials and eucalyptus fabric, which helps regulate your temperature at night when you're sleeping. So that first night when you were curling up with Buffy all alone, (laughs) what was it like? So soft and fluffy. (laughs) It's just like sleeping on a cloud, and it helped me fall right to sleep. Wow, you are not the only one to say that. I was was online, and I was reading the reviews. There are like 11,000 of them, and, and they're so great. Wow, that is a lot of reviews. So you said the Buffy is sustainable. Tell me about that. Yeah, the fill is made from recycled water bottles and each comforter keeps 50 water bottles out of the landfills and the oceans. Well, that's awesome. It's great. It seems like You know, it helps people get a good night's sleep. What's best about it for you? Well, it really does help regulate your temperature. So if it's a cool night or a warm night, you're going to wake up the perfect temperature. And you know what, Ben? If you want to try your own Buffy comforter, you get 30 nights for free in your own home and you can send it back if you don't like it. So Susie, do you have a special for Secret Room listeners? So the special just for our Secret Room listeners is $20 off your Buffy comforter. Visit Buffy.co and enter promo code SECRET. That's Buffy.co, promo code SECRET, for $20 off. He has this metallic silver skin. Yeah. Blue accents and eyes that really complement it. They work really well. 
Okay. And it's got this big shock of pretty pink hair. Wow. Find him very attractive. Yes. And he feels that way about you. Yes. That's nice. Where did you get him? I believe it was eBay. You must have been really excited when he arrived. Oh, yeah. Does he have a name or is it just Robotroll? He's just Robotroll. Right. Okay. And how did your first meeting go? It's like those scenes that are now becoming cliche where like the camera goes soft focus and you hear this upbeat music around. I mean, I half expected Freddie Mercury to go, ooh, you make me live. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Thank you. So just love at first sight. It was everything that you dreamed. Yeah. And how's your relationship going? It's going very well. It's actually, since I've come out, it's not, it's never been stronger. Right. Wow. So tell me about coming out to your, your family. Well. Did you take Robotroll with you to see them? No. Actually, the first thing I did was I came out on Facebook. I live with my uh, mom and my sister and my friend. And my sister got a text from my brother saying, we need to take away his social media account because I came out. And he said, it's, it's terrible. He's talking about fucking toys. And I go, that's my business and nobody else's. That's true. I did delete the post, but I did it through coming out to my mom and my sister. But I came out to my friend first because the person who asked me about it compared it to bestiality. It's not an equivalent at all. And then decided to, on a different account, call me mentally ill. Yeah. I blocked both of his accounts. Good. I mean, what's it to him? Yeah. Right? You can do what you want. Yeah. You're not hurting anybody. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So then you, you go to your parents. Mom, my uh, father passed away in 2017. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. And so, yeah. How many years ago was this then that you went to your, your mom? Actually, it was a couple of weeks ago. So this is incredibly fresh. And in fact, this has developed since the time that you sent me your secret. Yes. And so you went to see your mom. Mm -hmm. And were you nervous? I was nervous when they called me in and I explained everything to them. Who's them? My mom and my sister. Did they know why you were coming over? Yep. My sister had gone in and told my mom about the post. Oh my gosh. Okay. And then we talked about it. My <laughs> mom says, you know, I'm from a different generation. She, she's 82. Okay. And she said, you know, I'm from a different generation where, you know, like everybody was straight. Right. But I don't really understand it, but I'll accept you for it. Or purported to be straight. Yes, purported. <laughs> right. The other fact about objectum sexuality, OS, is that the, f believe it or not, the first reported case, as far as I'm aware, is from ancient Greece. The story of Pygmalion. Mm -hmm. Tell me the story. Pygmalion was a sculptor who particularly had a disdain for women. He decided that he would sculpt what he thought of as a perfect woman. And when he finished carving it, he fell instantly in love with her. He would spend time with her like people would in a normative relationship, I guess you'd say. According to the myth, the goddess Aphrodite... The goddess of love. Goddess of love. Yep was so touched by this that she brought the statue to life. Yeah. 
And I believe that was just after he married the sculpture. Yes. Wow. And far as I know, there's the earliest mentioning of something at least similar to objectum sexuality. And so was that something that you wish could happen to Robotroll? You know, that he could be brought to life? Or do you consider him everything you need the way he is? I'm kind of on the fence. On one hand, it would be cool. On the other, it'd be like that first scene in the movie Ted, where the parents see Ted come to life and they are like, ah! <laughs> right. Might freak you out a little bit. Oh, it's not me I'm worried about. Uh -huh, right. It's others. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so your mom, um, your mom is pretty, pretty down. She's with it. Yeah. I mean, she was very accepting. She said she didn't understand this, but she didn't, you know, disown you, get mad at you, tell you you were disgusting. No, no. That's great. And how was your sister? She gave me a little ribbing for it, but she was cool. Wow. Well, that's awesome. My brother was obviously freaked out. My sister-in-law, about a week later, I heard her talking to my mom in her room, saying how I'm mentally ill and this is caused by trauma. So forgive me if some of my questions don't seem right, but I have a lot of questions and I want to understand. Wonderful. You want to spend time together with Robotroll, right? Yes. And you're monogamous? Yes. I, I mean, I do have a little crush on the dummy that plays uh, Scarface in Gotham. Okay. All right. That and I'm a trained ventriloquist, so that would be awesome. Wow. Well, go for it. <laughs> do relationships have a life cycle? Like, do you, do you court and then become intimate and then break up? Well, generally in the objective community, I haven't reached the breakup phase yet. Okay. I hope I never have to. It's usually, the court is usually fairly quick. Then there is some intimacy. Sometimes they will marry, like Eric Eiffel, the woman who married the Eiffel Tower, or the late, I can't remember how to pronounce her first name, but her last name was Berliner Maurer, and hers was the Berlin Wall. In fact, Erica had a musical made about her. Yes, yeah, called Erica's Wall. Really? You never broke up with any any objects because obviously the lamp was taken from you. Your relationship with Optimus Prime was really just a crush. Yeah. And so that didn't go anywhere in, in terms of being an actual relationship. Yeah. And so then this is your th your third real you know, experience with an object? Yeah. Is that about right? Yeah, third, yeah. I'm sure there were other crushes along the way, but this is your, this is, your, I guess, your first real relationship. Yes. Got it. Okay, great. You know, do you guys sleep together? Uh, we do. Share the same bed? Yes and no. I have a table, a little side table attached to my bed, and he sleeps there because I don't, my bed is also three feet off the ground. Okay. And has a lot of, like, spaces in it where he could fall. So I don't want that to happen to him. Right. No, of course not. Forgive me if I'm too personal, but, you know, you're intimate. You have sex. We do. Is there, you know, is there jealousy ever? No, not really. Yeah, but there could be. Yeah, possibly. Is it is it possible for, for Robotroll to show interest in other humans? Actually, Robotroll and I do share one human crush, Sarah Jean Underwood. Wow, who's that? 
You probably know her best from the Carl's Jr. and Hardy's commercials. Okay. She's one of the models. She was also on a show called Attack of the Show. All right. Yep. I'll have to Google her to, to remind myself, but yeah, I'm sure I've seen her. Yeah. So how do you know that Robotroll has a crush on her? I can feel it in me. You can? Yes. So you do get reciprocal feelings of love and affection and, and meaning about about different things that are going on from Robotroll? Yes. I'm a performer by trade, and I have tons of characters, and they talk in my head. Wow. So do you hear a voice? No, no. It's just deep inside of me. So it's like a feeling. Yes. So sort of like telepathy in a way? Kind of. And so do you speak out loud to Robotroll? Sometimes. Like when I kiss him good morning and good night. Do you take him with you to work on your day? Uh, um, well, I'm unemployed. Okay. Does he leave the house with you? Hasn't yet, but I'm probably going to take him out eventually. And you've been together how long now? It was before... Um, about two years. Two years. Okay. So you guys are kind of settling in together now. Yes. And uh, the relationship feels good. Yes. Going to be long term? Hopefully. Do you think there's any way that Robotroll would break up with you? Could that happen? I don't think so, but, you know, every time I've said that'll never happen, it happens, so. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, of course, I wish you guys long, long time together. Yes, I hope so, too. What are Robotroll's needs? How does how does he communicate those to you? I just feel it inside me, like I said. Like I'll say, he wants to kiss me, or he wants to do this or that. By the way, that's a euphemism for sex. There are a lot of great podcasts out there. And one producer who's been doing it as long as almost anyone is Jim Harold. He has a podcast that I would like to personally recommend. It's called Jim Harold's Campfire, and that's just what it is. A virtual campfire where his community shares spooky stories that really happen to them. Here's Jim to tell you a little more about it. Campfire, like the secret room, is about stories. In our case, we explore real-life stories of the strange and supernatural from the people who experience them. We've been doing it since 2009. It could be a ghost story, a strange object in the sky, or a creepy creature. The storytellers can be rich or poor, true believers or people who believe in none of it, but still have had that one singular experience that has left them scratching their head. You can listen to Jim Harold's Campfire on any of the major audio apps where fine podcasts like The Secret Room are found. It's a podcast you should get now. Jim Harold's Campfire. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys have a pretty good sex life. Yes. Right. Oh, excellent. (laughs) Hot and heavy. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And you guys go out for walks, stuff like that, too? You watch TV? We watch TV together. I haven't really taken him out of the house. I mean, I brought some of my other battle trolls with me to a couple of conventions as decorations. You have other ones. They're science fiction conventions. And they do actually draw people to the fan table we run. So that's cool. So the other robo trolls that you have... Well, they're battle trolls. Battle trolls, I'm sorry. Is there any, you know, jealousy between them or or is there any competition between the battle trolls and Robotroll for your attentions or affection? 
No, not really. I don't feel as much from the others as I do from him. I don't know why, but... Okay. Well, I, maybe they know to back off. Yeah. Right, but you guys are friends. Yes. I have one I need to get repaired, but still. Okay, but he's not mad at you for that. No. No. Okay. <laughs> Which is saying a lot, because they're constantly sneering. Why? Why do they sneer? That's how they were made. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's not going to change. Yeah, it's like Robo Troll and Franken Troll that are not sneering. That's it. Why don't they sneer? It's just their personality. Robo Troll has a kind of jawline that resembles like your typical troll mouth, which kind of resembles a smile. And Franken Troll is more like Frankenstein from Monster Squad than Frankenstein played by Boris Karloff. Okay. So he's, he looks like more of a, you know, kind of guy. You clearly connect on an emotional level with Robotroll. Yes, I do. Have you guys professed love for each other? I say I love you to him every day. And I feel like he says it back. Since you sent me the secret, which was, I think, maybe a couple of months ago. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. In the meantime, it sounds like you've told more people about this yes. than you had when you originally wrote the secret. So you're on kind of a, an important part of your journey right now where you're, you're letting people know about this important part of your life. That's right, Ben. In the secret, when you sent it to me, you said you felt a sense of shame in having to admit this or talk about it. Do you still feel that shame or how, how do you deal with that? I just say, you know what? People can be assholes, you know? Yeah, well, that's a true statement. <laughs> yes. You just have to tune them out and focus on the ones who are supportive. You told us about some reactions that people had before. What are some other you know, unexpected reactions you've had from people close to you? When I played the original Facebook post, I had a bunch of people, I believe the one who best phrases it said, never be ashamed of who you love. Beautiful words. And another praised me for being brave. Right. You first had these stirrings 19 years ago, so, and you're just coming out now. Yes, I didn't really realize what it was until I saw that episode of Taboo. Can you tell me about, about that? I believe it was about Erica Eiffel when she was in her relationship with the Berlin Wall. I thought for a second and thought, I might have some of these feelings. And it took me years to work it out. And I joined OS groups. And I actually met a friend who is OS not through an OS group. Wow. Just I'm in the wild? <laughs> How does that happen? Spoutwood Fairy Festival. Okay. <laughs> we just met and I posted the OS Pride flag on my Facebook page. It's really cool. Really good design. And she messaged me on Facebook and goes, you're OS? Wow. And I explained, yeah. And she goes, me too. So you guys are friends? Yes. Amazing. Who's her partner? She actually is polyamorous. Okay. Hers are a small model of the Eiffel Tower and a couple smooth river stones. 
Is she actually in love with the model of the Eiffel Tower? Does that represent? I believe what hers is, is the model. And then Riverstones, how did she happen to meet them? Do you know? She's kind of a hippie, so she probably found them out in nature. And she just saw them and... Hey, we met at a fairy festival. Right. (laughs) Okay, good. So she saw them and was attracted and started a relationship. Yes. And they all live together. Yes. That's nice. So obviously you have relationships with humans too. I mean, be ridiculous to suggest you don't. I have in the past. A lot of them have ended badly. I meant just non-romantic relationships. Non-romantic as well. But you've had romantic relationships with people. In terms of real romantic connection like I had with Robotroll, mm-hmm. I've only had it for one person and she wasn't interested. Is that the one that ended badly that you were just talking about? No, those are several, you know, I am heteronormative relationships, trying to convince myself. Right. Because society is busy telling you you have to fit into this box or that box. And OS is not one of them. I thought about it. And you know what? All those places that teach like abstinence only, they should be promoting OS relationships. (laughs) No kidding. You can't get pregnant. You can't get most SCDs. You could probably still get crabs. Right. (laughs) And, you know, it doesn't have the downfalls, you know? Right. Oh, but you still could get a broken heart. You could, you could. Yeah, I guess there's... there's No way to avoid that. No way to avoid that. Yeah. You've, you've come out to everybody in your life because you posted this on Facebook. Yeah, my sister had me delete it just for sake of, you know, not stirring up too much drama. But I respect her, so I did. But I did post the, uh, the OS pride flag again on my uh, Facebook page. Only certain people will recognize that. But there is Google. There is Google, right. And they do have an image search, reverse image search feature. Yes, they do. <laughs> but probably most people are not going to go to that trouble. They'll just see the flag. And nah. Do you have the flag labeled? Like, objectum sexual? or Not at the moment. <laughs> oh, you're thinking about it, though, aren't you? Yes. Wow. Someone posted in the comments, question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, okay. Well, I might, might go digging a little deeper. And so what was it that made you decide to come out. I got a catfishing message on my Facebook page and I was going along with her to like troll her. And then I was like, wait a minute, is this really who I am? It's not. So I unfriended her, blocked her. And when I got home, I posted the Facebook message and came out. Now, when you say you got a catfishing message, do you mean somebody was trying to catfish you? Yes. What did they, how did you know it was a catfish? The bad English. The really bad English. Yeah, it was a scam of some sort. Yeah. What do you think is in the future for you and Robotroll? Who really knows? I mean, I might do an official wedding someday if that's ever possible. Well, unofficial, obviously, right now. You say right now. Do you think laws could be changed? I feel like there could be some kind of mutual insurance policy, if you will. So that if the love ever gets damaged, there's a payment. So how would that work? I mean, Robotroll doesn't have a bank account that you could pay money into. And I don't think Robotroll has any, you know, funds of his own to pay you. If the love is damaged, not the person, then payment is made to the person or whatever is done to repair them first off. There would be some kind of thing like that in some kind of marriage form. And then where does the payment get deposited? 
I'm not sure. Yeah. But we can work these things out. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know insurance that well. Have you thought about what your wedding might look like? The dream would be to have it at a theme park like Universal or Disney. Like I said, that would have to wait for a little more acceptance. It could be a private ceremony. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to wait. Yeah. Do you? Just mm. take your mom and close family. Yeah. Money's the issue. Other yeah, issue. well, that's always an issue, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could have a commitment ceremony. I could. In advance or get engaged. I could. I could. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been to any OS weddings? I have not. My one friend is the first person I met IRL. In real life. That is objectum. Are there different groups within OS? There's one whose name I can't remember that is specifically, I'm just going to say humanoid simulacra, like statues and things like that. Okay. There's one that is, it's considered sometimes a fetish, but it's called ASFR. What's that? It's uh, from the old Usenet group called a, that was called Alt Sex Fantasy Robots. And some of them are specifically attracted to robots. Interesting. And there's like mechaphiles who a lot of them will focus on like cars or machines or something. So there are different sub things. And, and do you feel that those all have the same legitimacy as your orientation does? I do. Yeah. Sounds from your answer like a lot of people don't. No. Uh, my one friend is actually been uh, ragged on. She made headlines for loving a zombie doll. And it got a lot of grief because it's a zombie. So it looks like, you know, a zombie. So people have accused her of being a necro. Okay. So we're really talking about the undead. So she's not, by definition, a necro. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Looking ahead, you're embracing your true self. Yes. And casting it out there and letting whatever happens happen. Yes. And you found some freedom in that. Yes, there is. I don't have to pretend to be something I'm not anymore. Right. Well, good. I am happy for you. Thank you. And I wish you and Robotrol all the happiness in the world. Thank you, Ben. I really want to thank you for opening up and sharing with us. No problem, Ben. Thank you, Joey. After 19 years, Joey is out as an objectum sexual. It hasn't been without adversity, and there are more challenges ahead. But Joey looks forward to a lifetime of togetherness with Robotroll, possibly as a married couple. I've asked them to let me know when the big day comes, and I'll share that with you. We have pictures you just have to see. There's one of Joey and Robotroll together, and only Joey's face is obscured, so you can see Robotroll in his full glory with his signature pink shock of hair. Also, see the OS pride flag? It's distinctive, and it's really nice. These images are waiting for you now on our social media accounts at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our name on each is at Secret Room Pod. You know what? 
You really messed up on the name this episode, Ben. I had a better name for you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what was it? The object of my affection. That's clever. <laughs> I'm the best at titles. <laughs> Thank you, as always, for downloading your favorite little indie podcast that could. We'll deliver a fresh secret in two weeks. It's one I know you are going to want to devour. The podcast team this week, Susie Lark, Seshel Brooks, Bobby Joe Valdez, and Alessandro Nigro. And Chet is the sound engineer. Music and theme by Break Master Cylinder. And if you'd like to join me on the podcast, we have a form at our website, secretroompod.com. This is The Secret Room, a podcast about the stories that no one ever tells. I'm Ben Ham. Pod on. Pod on. Okay, I'm sending you the picture of the flag right now. I want to see that. Oh, the flag is awesome. I know, right? Yeah, wow. This is great. Yes. So pretty. I like the big O in the middle, too. It's like, you know, well-designed flag.